This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. want to remind you about the uh, top 60 and 60. It's back here on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day, 1.30 as Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as they catch it down at the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on The Zone Sports Network. All right, Gordon, what's going on? We check in with the other shows. You ready to roll? I am ready. Let's do it. All right, let's uh, let's start things out with our guys in the morning, David James and Patrick Kinahan. Uh, they had Cam Meller on uh, to talk about uh, college prospects for the NFL and uh, those specifically on Utah's defense. Well, what's funny, if we criticize, for Zach, criticize Zach Wilson for playing only in one game, so to speak, and they lost – I mean, Trey Lance literally only played one game. <laughs> and I don't know who won. But I don't remember. But the point being, you know, it's not – I don't know how much the scouts focus in on the competition as opposed to the player himself and what he has to be able to offer you. So how do you handicap all those quarterbacks who were taken, uh, which was, you know, an inordinate amount very, very early in the draft? Yeah, you look at, in my opinion and in my analysis, I look at what the quarterback does against or on the field. What are the, the decisions he's making? You know, a, a pretty pass that's thrown away from coverage is thrown away from coverage intentionally. Obviously, there's you look at it independent of the skill level of the players, and you look at what he's done on the field for a quarterback very specifically. So you sort of have to isolate that out. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing Texas State, if you're playing Texas. It doesn't matter if you're playing Western Michigan or Michigan. It doesn't It doesn't matter, in my opinion. If you're a good quarterback, you're a good quarterback, and those traits show up on the field. So, you know, it's handicapping the quarterbacks. Obviously, you look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach with pretty difficult situations that they have to go into as, they, as they're starting right away. So, you know, you got to hope that the team buys in around them and gives them enough time to succeed because, you know, we did not see that necessarily with a guy like Josh Rosen and then going forward. So, I like what the Jets have done to build around him uh, so far, um, and we'll see if it uh, see if it pans out. But got to give him some time, I think, to adjust to the game and adjust everything that's going to happen in the, in the pro level. Cam Mello joining us, college football analyst and creative director for the Pro Football Network. So as long as you mention Laura, Lawrence, I'm curious about last year's number one pick. You know, out of sight, out of mind, and Joe Burrow got hurt and all that kind of stuff. So is he going to be ready to come back and light it up, or should we tap tamp down our expectations for him? You know, everybody wants to say that they're going to recreate uh, that fabulous season that he had with Jamar Chase, but I, I would temper expectations. You know, you don't come back from a decently horrific knee injury uh, right away, especially with a team who did not address offensive line issues. And if, you know, if it wasn't bad enough, you look at the first few reports from camp and practice with pads on, and it apparently was ugly. And it's not just ugly because the defense shine. It was that the offense was making terrible decisions. They couldn't block, and Burrow was a little bit gun-shy. So, it's practice. I know that's one thing, but I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, hesitant to say that they do very, very well this season, and, and Joe does not quite recreate that magic he had with Jamar Chase. 
So it's way early and it really doesn't mean anything, but it's for fun anyway. Uh, who do you see potentially being a first-round quarterback selection in the 2022 draft? Uh, you know, there's, there's the, obviously the big two, Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler, but I do think that Malik Willis sort of is this, people want to claim him as a dual threat kind of kid, an athletic running quarterback at Liberty, and what competition is he going to play? This is this is a kid who obviously went to Auburn first, uh, runs an incredible read option offense, but he's got all the intangibles of a pro quarterback. He's got amazing read and reactability in the pocket, quite the maneuverability out of the pocket as well. So I really think Malik Willis can vault up draft boards and you know be invited to New York for the highs in the season because I don't see Hugh Freeze taking him out of the games and games that they're up a lot too because uh, you know 4,000 passing yards and 1,500 rushing yards is not out of the question here. What about Slovis at SC? Slovis needs to needs to show some things and show some consistency. Those those first half woes last season, you know, against the the one that really jumped out to me was Arizona. You know, they should never have had to have played from behind against Arizona. So uh, he's got to be a little bit more consistent in all four quarters to to continue to stay in that first round discussion. The NFL emptied out the Utah defense a couple of years ago, and last year was a huge rebuilding project. A lot of new guys they only played five games. But are there already guys on the radar? Have they got a bunch of NFL guys up there again? Yes, and it starts with who I thought should have won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, Devin Lloyd. Uh, this is he's the prototypical linebacker for college football, but also at the NFL. Sideline to sideline ability, coverage ability. Uh, Devin Lloyd is, is the man. So I really don't see how he slips out of day two in the NFL draft already, and that is you know. That's without this season and any tape he's going to have this season. So uh, it starts with Lloyd, and then I, you know, there's going to be a lot more. I, I think this is an incredibly talented unit, uh, as they always are going to be under Coach Scally. It's Cam Miller from, uh, excuse me, DJ and PK uh, this morning on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah, I've, uh, I, Kind of jokingly asked Coach Witt what he did to uh, get Devin Lloyd to come back. I, I said, uh, <laughs> did he learn hypnotism or something like that? And Coach Witt said, well, felt like uh, part of the decision was unfinished business, and uh, that Devin saw the potential in this defense this year. And if that's true, you know that probably means good things for the Utes. But yeah, I think he could have gone and he could be playing easily on Sunday right now. Oh yeah, I think he's good enough and uh, was probably ready enough. Uh, the question is, will he be able to advance his draft position? And will he accomplish what uh, he feels is left to accomplish at Utah? I, I buy into that, that it's not just about draft position that wants to, to continue to have this experience. I'm not sure. Probably I, wants to achieve something. You know, it surprises me that you buy into that because, Why? I don't know, I'm just a little more skeptical about that. I think it is about creating opportunity at the next level. I could be wrong. Well, if that were true, he wouldn't be back. Unless he thinks he could be a higher draft pick. He himself time, huh? told us he thought he could go in the third round last year. Yeah, but what do you think he could go on it, go in the draft this next time around? He might be higher than that. And it makes a big difference as far as how much money you make. It doesn't make that big of a difference. And it's a, yeah, huge, it it's a huge risk. If he's a first-round pick. As opposed to a third, it's yeah. not that big of a difference. Yeah. I'm going to Google that. You should. I'm Googling. I, I can tell you're hurrying to do that. Um, 
<clears throat> you think it's all about that? I see. I I happen to value the college experience and think that there's value there for people as far as a life thing goes. I can buy into that absolutely. Maybe, but I think job one for these guys is what they do at the pro level, setting themselves up for that. If it weren't, what what could Zach Wilson have done with BYU if he'd come back for his senior year? He could. Uh, you keep asking every guest we have on whether or not uh, this year uh, proves that they were good last year or not. Well, I mean, uh, he obviously got information that he was going to be extremely high. Uh, okay, in, in but but order. you see my point. I'm looking. I'm looking. The difference is sizable, Jake. Come on. Let's see. If you're a third-round pick, you're going to make an NFL roster no matter what. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, okay, Trevor Lawrence, total contract value, $36.9 million. The number one pick. All right. Now let me keep going on down the line. I'm looking. I'm looking. Let's see how far does it go. Okay, so from the number one pick to the 32nd pick in the first round, it drops to $11 million. So it drops two-thirds less. So if you get into the third round, it's going to be considerably it it less than that. It doesn't drop that steeply. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't continue to drop that steeply. Well, okay, so the the back of the first round is $11 million. So cut that. I bet it, it's at least cut in half, maybe more. And so your difference between let's say let's say this next year that uh, that Lloyd is uh, is picked in the middle of the first round. That's like sixteen point seven million versus a couple million that he would have gotten in the third round. Worth the risk. Uh, I, There's no guarantee you play your way up that. Well, that's true. There are no guarantees about anything. Matt Reynolds came back for his senior year, and he went from a projected first-round pick to out of the draft. Who? Matt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. And didn't the same thing happen with Matt Barkley at USC? He still was a draft pick. I don't think he went from projected first-round to out of the draft. But So you think you think really when a player says, I had unfinished business, I think there's a part of it that they want to, I don't know, unfinished business is so subjective. Maybe they just wanted to experience another year of college. Maybe they wanted to experience another year of playing with their teammates. I, I agree with that if you are a, a, a kind of an iffy player. But because, you know, you're having a great time in college and you're getting lots of glory playing at a nice program and it's a lot of fun and you can get picked in the sixth round next year or whatever. But when you when you're, you know, edging your way up, you can you can benefit in a big way by uh by sticking around and getting picked much higher. Matt Le- the only reason Alex Smith went number 1 the year he did is because Matt Leiner went back to USC. You sure about that? Yes? Was Matt Leiner an absolute guaranteed uh, yes. winner? Yes. That that year, yes. All right, I don't know that, but you don't remember that. I, I, I just, Jake, I understand that people, and I've talked with enough 
guys who went on to play in the NFL that they say that the most fun they ever had playing football was in college. Yeah, so why can't you understand somebody valuing that experience? I get that. But if you're waving a bunch of money in front of somebody, or at least the potential to earn a bunch of money by making one move or the other, uh, I think that weighs heavy on guys' minds. But yet, guys, it means coming back for another year and advancing your draft position. Then, uh, then that I just buy into that a little more than I do. I had unfinished business, and I'm going to go out there and see if I can win a Pac-12 championship. Maybe that unfinished business. He wants to stick around for a year to graduate with his girlfriend. I don't know. But there's more more to it than draft position, which is initially where we started. Well, okay, there might be more to it, but I think that's a big bulk of it. I don't know. Not so sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's see here. We're moving on to uh, to our guys, Hans and Scotty, uh, talking to uh, Puka Nakua. Let's go ahead and uh, right. give that a listen. Excited to make a little bit of a football transition. You know, now we're kicking off both camps with the University of Utah and BYU, and we're excited that we can catch up with our next guest, former Washington Husky receiver, new BYU Cougar receiver, Puka Nakua, kind enough to join us here. Puka, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. That 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 intro sounded good. And a new BYU Cougar. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun to see you back in the area, Puka. It was hard to see you leave the area when when you left. And I kept thinking in the back of my mind, man, love to have that guy stay in the state of Utah. So kind of walk us through the decision to come back to Utah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how everything pretty much comes full circle. Uh, to be back home right here in Provo, it's something I didn't see. But uh, kind of just some some family discussions and then some talk with my obviously Samson and we come back as a duo. The both of us have the opportunity to come back and play in front of our our family in the hometown. And there's nothing like playing in front of the family. And the opp- opportunity presented itself out here here at BYU. So it was something that we missed out on in high school and we got to play when we were younger. But my older brother Kai and Isaiah played against each other in high school, and me and Samson played against each other. So when we had a chance to team up, I think we had to take it for sure. I, I love that you came back, Puka. I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on coming from a Power 5, Pac-12 program and coming into BYU and seeing how Coach Sataki runs the program. How much do you feel like you've stepped back, or how much do you feel like you've stepped forward as far as program size, facilities, you know, all the the food, the equipment? Do you feel like BYU's right there on the same plane you're used to? Uh, I definitely do, surprisingly. I mean, it's so weird. Like, growing up, I guess obviously a different time, and me, Kai was in college at a different time than we were, and there are some definitely rule changes that have helped student-athletes, so it's been cool to see, but I definitely think BYU's right up there with the top tier. I mean, we're right here every day we wake up and you see the Y on the mound, and that's the backyard we get to, and we have all the facilities, you get the snacks, we get catered food and massages all the time, so it's, I mean, I feel like it, it wasn't a step down, and I think that's why the transition has been easy, because I didn't really feel like there was a there was a difference between, I mean, although there's the conferences, and that obviously BYU is independent, and everybody always looks at that, but I came right in and felt like we didn't miss a beat. Well, yeah, you don't miss a beat really with scheduling this year. You basically play a Pac-12 schedule, I mean, especially right out of the gates, getting to take on Arizona and Utah. Kind of walk us through what you guys are getting ready for right now. Um, you know, obviously starting into camp, you're trying to figure out who you are as a team. What do you think of the quarterback situation? What do you think about your offense? 
uh, I'm excited for the quarterback situation. I think we we got a good group of guys, and it'll be hard to say we can go wrong with just choosing one. Uh, they all bring their own different talents, but I'm excited. It was only day one, so we got to see them sling it a little bit, but I'm sure everybody will slowly start to get in the groove. And I'm just excited. I mean, I, we're pretty much focused on game one. We September 4th is the only date we got scheduled right now. We head down to the Vegas. It's, it feels like it's going to be a home game for us. I mean, I, I grew up in Vegas, so it would be nice to go back home, have the first game there. And, but everybody, I'm sure the BYU fans will make it out there to Vegas and be there with us. You know, I'm wondering how much, and I, I know that you weren't there last year, but how much do you feel like things have changed since Jeff Grimes has left and Aaron Roderick's taking the sole coordinator position? And how much do you, are you feeling from the guys that things are changing? Or you probably don't have a, a lot of base on what might have changed at this point. Yeah, and that's the thing is I, I'm coming in kind of new, but everybody's kind of letting me know how the things have changed. And I feel like coming in, after the season and seeing exactly how the mentality was for them. And the first thing I felt like when I got here, everybody was like, we're done talking about last season. Like everybody, as much as that is the, what everybody's talking about BYU football, we have to reprove ourselves. We have a different schedule this year. Um, we're getting ready to play new games and everything's brand new. We don't have number one coming back to lead the offense. So guys are stepping up and everybody got to work and I'm excited to see how the rest of the camp goes for sure. Take us into that receiving room with you a little bit. I'm I'm curious just to get some of your thoughts. I mean, you've got some really good targets in there, Neil Powell and Gunnar Romney. How deep is this receiving core? And you throw in Holker and you could throw in Isaac Rex too, a couple of other targets. How yeah. deep is this core and how tough is it going to be to get some targets? <laughs> uh, it's going to be a dogfight. I know that for sure. I'm excited. But the thing is with – me and Sam coming in, and even just the other guys. I mean, Neil and Gunnar were the guys who got majority of the playing time last year, so those guys are the vets, and they're teaching us what the standard is. We've seen it already of them playing last season, and they're continuing to hold that standard for us, and everybody's got to rise to that standard and continue to push them every day because as much as they are the leaders, uh, we got to hold them to that standard, and I know they hold themselves to that standard, but I'm excited. It's deep. It's deep for sure, but it'll make us every single one of us are getting better every day. <laughs> Well, Puka, I can hear it in your voice, man. It's it's fun to hear that excitement from you that you're back here in Provo and you're back in the BYU Blue, and I can I can hear it in your voice. You you really are carrying a lot of excitement into this season, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, it's just been a great blessing to come back home and the energy that I felt here and the acceptance and just the love. It's been it's been a huge blessing in my life, and uh, I'm excited just to be here. Have you been looking for some endorsement deals, man? Uh, no, nah, nothing too, really. I mean, uh, I'm excited. Hopefully when we start playing football and we winning some football games, it'll come a little bit easier. But I got we got a task to accomplish on September 4th, and hopefully they'll come after. Well, Puka, appreciate you. Uh, really quick, what are you looking to focus on to improve this year? Um, I think speed. I think dropping the ball and uh, a lack of concentration has been uh, an issue for me. So just making sure I'm consistent as possible and then complete all across the board of the game that the wide receiver plays, the running routes, releases, catching the ball, blocking. Uh, I, I, I hold myself to a high standard, and I'm hoping to, to raise that standard every time I step out on the field. Fessy Sataki's a heck of a coach, isn't he? Oh, I love him. He's such a great energy and so easy to learn and talk with him. So it's, I, I've, I've loved it so far. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible coach. Well, good luck to you, Puka. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes, and hope to catch up with you again soon. Yeah, appreciate it. You guys have a good one. You too, man. Puka Nakua for BYU as they open up uh, camp. What do you think, Gordon? I've always believed that when BYU has good receivers, they have good seasons. It's not always true, but it's usually true. And I think these receivers are good. Puka Nakua is, is a fine talent.
Uh, Samson, people saw what he could do at Utah. And then you throw in Gunner, Romney, and uh, Neil Powell. And then guys like Isaac Rex at the tight end position. I mean, that sounds pretty good. And when you look at the the running backs uh, with uh, Algier and Katoa, I mean, BYU's skill positions look pretty well filled up on offense. Some quick news here, Gordon. Um, I guess this has an effect on sports. That's why I'll bring it up. Uh, Taylor R. Randall has just been named as the 17th president of the University of Utah to replace Ruth Watkins. He's uh, previously been heading up the uh, Eccles School of Business. Huh? So he was already there? Yeah, but he inherits uh, some interesting things from a sports standpoint, conference realignment and all that. So, How long does it take for a school president to really carry weight within a conference, I wonder? Well, Utah's president, probably a long time. I mean, what do you bring to the table that enables you to throw your weight around a little bit, to be heard? Well, in this case, one vote out of 12. But some are more influential than others. Yeah, he's obviously not going to be on that uh, board of whatever, the three school presidents that run the show in the Pac-12 that loved Lair Bear so much. <laughs> what was his, the dude at Oregon State, Arizona State, what was the other, UCLA? Um, but it was uh, it was the president thought, at Arizona State who uh, really liked Larry. I, well, the one guy at Washington State has some influence, I think. I don't know. Anyway, well, that's interesting. So Utah has a new president. And uh, I would guess the best thing for Utah would be if this president is open to listening to Mark Harlan, at least at the beginning. You know, that relationship between school presidents and the overall fate of programs and conferences is really interesting to me. Well, you know, Mark... They are the bosses, man. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to have Mark on the show to talk to him about uh, about things because I don't think we've had Mark on the show before. But, uh, yeah, we had. We had him on. Um, oh, he's come on with the morning, actually. He's never come on with us. Yeah, he came on with us. He hasn't? I talked with him. Maybe I was doing a show in the morning that day. Yeah. But, in fact, I think you were doing the show in the morning that mm-hmm. day. But, uh, I, I... Anyway... We maybe we should have uh, Mark on, but I. What are you going to do? Uh, say, uh, <clears throat> hey Mark, how do you feel about your new boss? No, no, no. But I bet Mark, I bet Mark is hoping, like fingers crossed, like I hope he doesn't like sports. I hope he doesn't <laughs> like sports. I hope he doesn't like. No, sports. you want him to like sports. No, you don't want him to be involved at all. Well, maybe you not involved, but he has to uh, the chemistry department. Well, leave, well, whoever leave it is has to, to have a huge love of sports because then you're more likely to, you know. Maybe pump up that budget a little bit. Well, I don't think Utah's budget is coming from the athletic budget is coming from the student fund at all. No, but the school president has some say over that sort of thing, doesn't he? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think the school president has the same over a lot of things, but I I think the athletic department is kind of self-funding. Hmm. Like if they want more money, they got to go out and raise it. I don't think the president just says, I grant thee $10 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't hurt. I don't think that's how it works. But if I were Mark Harlan, I'd be hoping this new president just leaves me alone. Just leave me alone and vote how I tell you. That's it. See, I I view it differently. I think that uh, the athletic director does a favor to the school president 
and the school president might do a favor back to the uh, athletic director for the benefit of the department as a whole. I wouldn't want a meddler. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. You don't want Jerry Jones coming would you in want, on what, you? Let's say, uh, would you want a managing editor that uh, was, was telling you that your sports were, opinions were wrong and how to write them? No one's ever done that. I know. Nor, would nor you would want they? one? But that's different. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it is. Hey, business school boy, keep it stay in your lane. <laughs> that's what that's what Mark Harlan's thinking. <laughs> oh, come on. My guy Grant Birmingham isn't calling you up and saying, you know what, Gordon, your take about the jazz was way off. That's Rewrite not, that's, it. That, yeah, <laughs> Rewrite your, it. Your your idea of meddling is different than uh, the advantage is having someone who cares deeply about sports at the University of Utah. No, because then they have opinions. Then they call you and say, you know what? I think your track coach could be doing this differently. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> Jake, you don't want I, to hear it. I think the school president may have more say-so than what you're giving. That, I'm not for. saying that they don't have say-so. They've got the ultimate say-so. You want them to not care, so they give you the say-so. No, you don't I want, want them, them to care, no, so they give me more meddling. money somehow or more opportunity or better situations. Go build a building. Let me run the sports <laughs> program. Go go go! Worry about the chemistry department. You're a little paranoid about this. Did someone breathe down your throat? No, I'm just telling you what I would hope. You're you're hoping for a micromanager. That's not what I said. I want somebody who wants to support the program. That's different than meddling. You're total meddling. I just wouldn't want any meddling. Just sign the check. (laughs) Just vote the way I tell you. But sometimes you you need the passion in order to get the size of a check. Again, that you want. The, what, see, you're you're misguided on this check thing. <clears throat> but if the the misguided, all you're looking at it is as though this person is absolutely stupid, has no clue what's going on, and is out of touch. Yeah, I wouldn't want some business school guy meddling with my athletic department. Yeah, that's I I can't believe you would invite that in. I would as long as I'm, it was I'm a calling, I'm calling Grant, and I'm going to tell him to meddle oh, in your columns. Calling my guy. Let's go jump in a lake. <laughs> All right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Gordon, uh, I've been a little hot and cold on Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know how exactly I, I feel about his act. seems a little childish to me. Um, but, you know, he is one of the great quarterbacks of all time, so I guess do what you want to do. But I, I thought this was interesting. Did you see his quote on his relationship with Jordan Love? No, I did not. He said this. He said, quote, I reached out a number of times to check on him. Hopefully he appreciated that. I think that's what I would want in that situation. That was important for me, and that's not going to change, unquote. Because Brett Favre didn't treat him that way? Well, I don't think Brett Favre treated him that way. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, Jordan Love uh, compared his relationship to Aaron Rodgers to, quote, the master and the Padawan. 
and then added, <laughs> me and Aaron have a good relationship. He said oh, that's that. good. Um, I, you know what that I'd say good for good for Aaron because really the leverage that he is, you know, leveraging the lever that he is leveraging, whatever, is that Jordan Love isn't very good. So, like, is that really what he's about here? Well, because his leverage is they drafted his replacement and his replacement isn't ready. Let's put it that way. That's a little nicer. Yeah, but okay. So, you know, Aaron's saying, because you drafted my replacement, I'm really grumpy with you, the franchise. And because he's not ready to go, I have you over a barrel. But I think it runs deeper than that. Uh, I think he doesn't like some of the decisions that have been made beyond just that one. Yeah, cutting a, a receiver who <laughs> couldn't make it in the league anywhere else. Yeah, I yeah. got it. But it is interesting. I, 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 I do give Aaron credit because that would be delicate. That would be awkward. And you're right. He probably wasn't treated that way when he was in the same position, so he's probably sensitive to that. And I thought that was cool, actually, that hey, this may be awkward, but – they obviously have a relationship that is at least somewhat healthy, so yeah. that he would value that relationship I think is a good thing. So do you think Aaron Rodgers is just going to be gone after this next season and it's all going to be said and done? That's what he said he wants. Okay, so if that's the case, then what does he care? You know, it's just that Jordan Love could be the next all-pro quarterback, and what difference would it make to him? Because he's, he wants out anyway. I think – I think he's being a – I don't know. We're not inside the building, but I think he's being a little bit of a sensitive Sally. Oh, they drafted my replacement. Yeah, but that's not the only thing. They've also made a bunch of other dumb decisions that, that he he may have expressed a strong opinion about uh, prior to, and they did it anyway. I don't know. I Like I said, we're not inside the building. But uh, I yeah, – I mean – I, I don't like it when a player throws his weight around like that, especially when he has had some pretty good success with a franchise uh, and and then he gets his feelings hurt or something along the way, goes a little south. Work it out. Can't you work it out? Why do you have to threaten to walk away? You know? I love how you think sometimes. Like, it's just that easy. Well, well, just work it out. Well, I'm a believer in communication. We'll have some cigars and some nice whiskey, and, you know, we'll just, we'll Why, just patch no, it up. Then answer my question. Why can't people work out those kinds of problems? I mean, you got an all-pro quarterback who is a unique talent, and you've got somebody over here who's a decision-maker and uh, has made maybe some decisions that, that your all-pro quarterback didn't like. Get them together and let them talk things through. And that decision maker better listen to his all pro quarterback. And they're not always going to agree. I get that. Mm -hmm. But establish some sort of pipeline there, some sort of relationship there where there's some give and take. Is that, do you think that's Hunter Acre Wood? I just don't think that's a smart thing to do as a franchise. Why? Because you don't want your players making personnel decisions. No, maybe not, but you need to listen to what they say. Yeah, and then what happens when you disagree? This is the point that you never understand. What happens when you tell Aaron Rodgers, you know what, your idea is dumb. No, you win some and you lose some. But there's That's ne- not there how needs people to, view there it. There needs to be some give and take. No, there if, doesn't. If you're shutting down your all-pro quarterback time after time after time, then you deserve to have an angry quarterback. 
Except for that's his opinion. Yeah, but he's probably, I mean, don't you value his opinion? They were, not when he's wrong. They were a game away from the Super Bowl last Football. year. They're obviously doing something right. <laughs> and then you saw some decisions that were made. That's coaching. That, that affected that. That's coaching. Well, that's I, not, that's I not personnel it. stuff. Well, I know. It's the whole ball of wax. Listen to your all-pro quarterback. He's pretty smart. Is he? Yes. I think when Aaron it comes Rogers to personal is... mail matters and, and building team building and all that? Not just that, but how, how about play know? calling? How would you know if he's good at all that? And by the way, out of all the cold-blooded moves that Bill Belichick did uh, with the Patriots where he cut all of Tom Brady's buddies and then they'd go to the Super Bowl and then he'd cut all his buddies again. You know, if Tom would have objected to that and said, no, you've got to pay Wes Welker way too much, then the Patriots wouldn't have been the dynasty that they were. Jake, I'm not saying turn the franchise over to but the individual. But what you cease to understand is listen to the man and hear what he has to say and allow him to feel valued and again, because he's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. And when you tell him he's wrong, what then? Do you think that Aaron Rodgers is, is wrong? So Probably. Really? Yeah. When he wants some help on the offensive side of the ball, you don't think that he should be listened to? Okay, so identifying problems and coming up with solutions are two different things. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is even capable of diagnosing the right uh, the right problems, let alone coming up with the right solutions. That's like, not his he, job. He seems like a pretty smart so guy. So he can throw the football. So that means he he'd, be a, good, uh, he'd be a good personnel guy. He understands guy. offensive football. He understands the game. And I, Does he I understand think, the CBA? Does he understand uh, where it's uh, appropriate to pay players okay, or where okay. it's well, not? That's, that's, he, is, that, he, is he prepared to cut his friends? That comes back to communication. I mean, there needs to be if, – if he is – if he's wanting something that runs counter to what makes good economic sense, then explain it to him so he can understand it. But at least hear him out. And I feel, I, I think, and I don't know this guy, I haven't talked to Aaron Rodgers, but I think there are times when he has felt completely disrespected. And that has created a bit of a situation. And if you don't like it, then trade him. But work it out so that you can communicate. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you're opening the door to all sorts of compliments. Uh, How many all-pro quarterbacks do you have? So? I mean, so How many players How are many, on the team? So, in other words, what I'm saying is that Aaron Rodgers should be listened to more than the third-string linebacker. How about you and just— so it's not creating a problem because you don't, you don't have that kind of presence on your team very often. How about you just don't listen to anybody and just do your job because you're the personnel guy. You're the general manager. Because, and because they're the, it's a human they're the business and it's more important than that. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I think, based on his performances, should be listened to at least some of the time. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the ratio is for when he's listened to and when he isn't because, like we said. But if I you listen to him none of the time, then you don't have to tell him he's Jake, wrong any re You really can't believe that. I, I 100% do. Well, I disagree with you because I think that the, if you have a great player, you, you it'd be smart for you to involve him. Okay, so you you play Aaron Rodgers for a second and 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 come into me the uh, personnel guy, and and tell me you uh, you want you have a player that that you want us to sign. 
I don't even think that he got that specific about well, a well, certain you, player. You, he probably said, we need some help. He did get specific about certain players, that wide receiver we joked about earlier. But just, just come at me. You're Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Well, okay. Did I just get – Was I just, did I have an all-pro season? Yep. Hey, uh, I think, you know, we fell short. We didn't win a championship. And this is an area that I think, in my observation of this team, where we could really need some improvement and could further our chances for a Super Bowl victory if we address this issue. With what guy? What guy do you want me to sign? I don't know. Just any receiver. Let's say, let's just take the receiver position. Well, Aaron, uh, not only do I think you're wrong, but that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. What do Jake, there's no way in hell you would say that to your all pro quarterback. Oh, so I softened the language a little bit, but still, you're wrong. That that's that's we're not wrong. doing that because that's dumb. <laughs> then then I think you should trade him. I think you should But trade how would you him. react gonna, to that if, if you're gonna, were Aaron Rodgers? That's treat my point. Him. If you're gonna treat the man that way, trade him. Because he wants to be heard. Well, I'm just saying, if you don't listen to any players, then you don't have this particular problem. You just say, we don't listen to anybody. Get you're, out there and you're, play. You're essentially saying that uh, that everybody, every player is the same. He took and their they're, money. They're, they're he not. signed the deal. Just hear him out. He signed the deal. Treat him with respect. Uh, I don't know. All right, stay tuned. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Mike, who's listening, who says uh, he tweeted in, says he can help you with your dent in your truck. Oh, yeah? if, If you need it. It's, so it's quite slight, but I think there might be two of them there. And so I think one of my daughters or somebody just drove it somewhere. Trucks are supposed to be dented, though, Gordon. Not it's really? It's character. Not that But that's, that's like half a truck. <laughs> it's not really a truck. <laughs> what does that mean? It's like a show truck, if anything. It is not. It's very functional from a, if you want to get in the back country. It's as much a Jeep as a truck. Yeah. Backcountry? When was the last time you did anything in the backcountry? <laughs> you almost got that one by me. I plan to. Do you? <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, oh, I plan to do a little backcountry trucking. I have uh, I have used it on occasion to haul stuff. So, yeah. Now I'm just. It's not a daily driver. I'm just trying to fathom what you could possibly be, quote unquote, hauling. <laughs> I've had, I've hauled plants and trees in that truck. I've hauled bikes. I've hauled, uh, <laughs> I've hauled uh, groceries. <laughs> you have not. Stop it. Yeah, Lisa has. Well, we both have. Uh, okay, you there? haven't gone to the grocery store in at least a year and a half. That's not true. That's not true. I went to the grocery store a couple weeks ago. (laughs) 
So anyway. To pick up the family groceries or just because you wanted like a donut or something? No, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those things that I have discovered. And I've had I've had recreational vehicles in the past, but I've never really had something with a bed on it, you know. And so now I've discovered that, that they are very useful at times. Maybe not every day, but at times very useful. And so now... I, it's in one of those situations where I can't imagine myself without having one, or at least Lisa. <laughs> she Lisa, loves it too. Lisa she she has a different car that she usually drives, and and but when it comes time to haul the truck out, then it's uh, very handy. You make it sound like you're some sort of mason or something. No, it's it's like, also when you're you're towing the boat and stuff, and you're you know having to, as I said, haul stuff, you know, throw some dirt in back there, some topsoil in place, <laughs> or haul some rocks, maybe you know, like in the commercials, these guys, these macho guys, chucking rocks in the back of their trucks. That's not what I picture you doing with yours. No, like I said, <laughs> moved a few bikes, a few plants, you know, from the nursery. Uh, you know, like I said, some some groceries. Still had your Christmas tree delivered, though, right? Uh, no, I think we did put it in the back of the truck, if I remember right. Did you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Gordon. <clears throat> we'll get to more sports coming up next. Stay we sure tuned. will. Uh, but anyway, get your tent fixed, buddy. We've got a listener out there willing to help. All right. Sounds good to me. And uh, I need to still get my windshield fixed in my other car. So, uh, Wow, that's tough. That How do you go on? <laughs> You're burdened. <laughs> I sure am. How do you get out of bed in the morning? Thank you. That's tough. It is. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.